Welcome to the Dark Path podcast. Uh, today, I'm once again very happy to be joined by another of uh, BC's uh, uh, nurses, uh, former nurses, who uh, needs to tell a very important side of the story for everybody. So this is uh, Joc- Jocelyn Kinnear. Um, yep. And so uh, Jocelyn, uh, please say hi and let us know who you are and what you're about. All right. Hi, Mom. As we've heard, my name is Jocelyn Kinnear. I'm a registered nurse in British Columbia. I've worked for Island Health for the past 10 years, and in total, I've actually been a nurse for 12 years. Hardcore science nerd, just going to put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also, I am a single parent to three children, and I was working on the respiratory unit, we called it, um, on Vancouver Island for the, the majority of the pandemic. Prior to that, I was a float nurse working all over the hospital. And I was terminated last week, actually, because I almost got the Janssen and then I backed out at the last moment because it just didn't feel right. Mm. Okay, did you want, uh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. It looked like you were going to say something else. Oh, no, I'm processing things as I go. (laughs) Okay, no problem. I'm not used to talking anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope, uh, yeah. yeah, that that story is one where I there's so many parts of that that I don't I can't really believe are really actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I suppose in a lot of ways it would be good to start at a place where a person who hasn't been thinking necessarily about what's going on too much might sort of just naturally knee jerk reaction assume. And so um, can you can you talk about maybe how you like you said you worked for the last two years up into just recently as and that meant that you would have been dealing with COVID patients and this kind of thing yeah so so can you tell us about how you came to the conclusion that it's not worthwhile for you to get the jab and as a healthcare practitioner and all that sure absolutely so um and I'll preface this by saying that I'm not against these vaccinations I'm a lot of my decision has come down from not wanting to give into this pressure. Uh, Previous to COVID, we had those annual flu vaccinations that were mandated, but we had the option either get the vaccine or mask. I I did both (laughs) as a kind of an FU to the system because I really didn't like them trying to dictate what individuals do with their personal health. And I never, never really thought that the science backed up in an acute care setting um, that a healthcare practitioner's immune system somehow was a barrier to somebody else's health. I never really found the science backed that up ever. And Mm -hmm. I I tried to find it so that I could like write a report on it on my own time, but never Mm -hmm. really got to that point where it made sense. The Mm -hmm. only science that backed up the actual mandate was like at a public health level, not in an individual level, at, mm. um, in acute care settings, aside from less sick calls. <laughs> mm. So that's like a good reason to mandate it, maybe, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, everyone's different and having this massive mandate just come down and so heavy handed, mm-hmm. it's just, it gives me so much anxiety, especially knowing that a lot of healthcare professionals got their vaccines while crying because they really didn't want it, but they had no choice. Um, yeah. Well, I th- you hit on one of the big elephants in the room and, 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 and I'm trying to think of it like there's not just an elephant in the room, but there's like a herd of elephants in the room right now. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but this, this one definitely stands out to me because um, uh, there's a guy I follow named uh, uh, two people I follow, Brett Weinstein and Heather Heining, I think is her last name. And they're, they're both bi- uh, evolutionary biologists and, and they have a podcast. It's a good one. Um, and, and he recently said, and I think this captures this, is I can conceive of a situation where you would have to mandate a vaccine, but it would have to have at least three components. One, it would have to be a super deadly virus that had no differentiation based on the demographic of the person, the age or whatever else, right? There's, there's, it's just, everybody's going to die if you get it kind of thing. Okay. Second thing, the vaccines would have to work. Absolutely. They'd have to absolutely cut down transmission period, end of story. And then the third thing is that the people that were 
administering these mandates would have to be people that really felt trustworthy and had integrity and had never ever misled the public in any way. And so if those three things were in place, I could entertain the concept, okay, maybe in some severe situation that would be necessary, but those three things aren't in place here. And so, and yeah, and so you, you, and and again, you touched on a major elephant in the room, I think, which is um, if you've been working with COVID patients um, for the last year and a half, and, and, you know, you have a, real understanding of the immune system, you know that that means you should be protected enough, especially to take a personal choice, I would think, to go mm. into that situation. So, so can, can you, because I don't understand why that concept of natural immunity is just not being discussed. I, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it really is. It's like, yeah, we don't trust our immune systems anymore. And we don't trust our professionally trained people to prevent infection spreading <laughs> like we have personal protective equipment we have like preclinical checks where we make sure that we're not feeling ill or sick with covid whatsoever we're not or we're washing our hands properly like we're doing all these things and i i don't believe my hospital had a single case of a hospital acquired infection mm. with regards to covid which makes like the mandating this vaccine just mind boggling <laughs> like it's not yeah. going to reduce this the infection rate that or it's not going to reduce hospital acquired infections because it's already at zero. <laughs> so like <laughs> science, you know, yeah, that's, that's yeah. See statements like that, that almost sound like, like they're comedy versions yeah, of reality, right? Is this South park? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But, uh, and you know, um, this is something else we can get to, but I, I want to stay with this, this topic, but just uh, as a, as a side point, um, I'm hearing people now that it's claiming to me that by vaccinating children, we're going to end the pandemic and it's going to just stop. And it's like, um, <laughs> what, but, but, but let me, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. But, okay. but I am. Um, you didn't get me fired up here. <laughs> yeah, well, there's so many th- things here, but okay. I want to come back to this, this one elephant because each elephant in the room, I think has multiple components of it. And, and, and this one's, this is more philosophical ultimately in a way. So there's almost no, or are no discussion or awareness placed into natural immunity. And as you said, that that's of trust in your own body's responses and your own relationship with your body. Um, I get the feeling that that's philosophically right at the crux of a lot of what's going on is people that don't have a sense of trust in in their place in the world. Their, Their lives aren't framed within a perspective in which they believe in a greater good that they're a part of in some way, that it's all disconnected and just, you know, random particles flying through space. Um, do you think that there's anything to that, maybe? Oh, uh, so there's kind of two points there. The natural immunity, how we've kind of lost touch with how our bodies are designed uh, from at a biological level to deal with viruses and bacteria. We live with them all the time. And so, like, this new virus comes out. Okay, sure, some of us might get hit hard with it, and that sucks. Ooh, that was a really bad way to say that. <laughs> But okay. every time we introduce something into our immune systems, it's not always a bad thing. It's going to prepare us for the next time. And to take out the nature portion of that, I don't know. To like interject, what is, oh, circumventing nature is what somebody called it. And mm. I thought that was such a great way to put it. Cause like we've been here on earth adapting and changing to all these viruses and all these bacteria and we've been doing it okay sometimes we do need medical intervention but to just completely disregard the fact that we have been handling this previous to this because we have immune systems is just i don't even know if that makes sense i feel like i'm rambling sorry no you're doing great (laughs) you're doing great and 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 because as i said like it's there's 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 like the scientific physiological component of this, where there is an immune system that people have mm-hmm. evolved with, but there's the perspective in the mindset of the person who it's like, um, I don't trust myself, but I trust the doctor because the doctor has a label attached to the name mm-hmm. and a, and a white coat. And therefore I can, I can sort of export my, my, my own intuition out and just say, you're going to make decisions. And I trust you as the authority completely. Yeah. And that is a deep to me because uh, I'm I get very philosophical. I like to, to think about these things. Is is it's it's a relationship to the idea of like 
um, I don't have enough, like a person wouldn't have enough confidence within themselves to, 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 to stand up and make their own decisions. They have to, to, to sort of assert, export is the word that comes to my mind, their, their sense of, of trust in what is best for them. In that yeah, sense. yeah. I feel like the media and social media, mainstream media, social media, all those things and our communities, our friend groups, our echo chambers are all kind of making everyone doubt themselves in that way that you're saying. And it's ex- especially um, exemplified when you see how people interact with one another. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, are we ever villainizing some people for like no reason? Mm-hmm. It's a weaponized empathy. I think somebody called it. Mm. Where it's like, do you not feel bad that you could potentially possibly risk somebody else's life in this way by not getting vaccinated when it's like, what? <laughs> that's like quite the stretch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But th- that's all based emotional responses. Um, so one of the things that keeps coming up with this too, is that it seems like a lot of the motivation is coming out of a fear thing. So it's a fear response. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's well, it's, to me, it's really well documented that fear is not a great place to make decisions from. No. <laughs> and, um, but that's never, ever, but see that to me, that ties in with the lack of focus on individual responsibility for health. So mm-hmm. there's no, like the, the, the government's not saying, Hey, get out and exercise every, you know, whatever re- intervals you should do, um, eat healthy, sleep well, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, but if you did say that, what you'd be saying is you can take responsibility and do a lot of good for your own health. You can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're, a, if you're coming from a place of fear, you want that external authority to say, no, this is what you do. And then you don't have that sense of responsibility anymore. And yeah it's hard not to believe the government isn't doing that on purpose at this point. And that's, that's really concerning. (laughs) It is. It's really scary. It's yeah. I don't know why we're not putting more. Yeah. Encouraging more personal accountability and responsibility on our own health. And like the lockdown certainly didn't help. Yeah. um, See the statistics of like cardiac events increasing. Could that be the vaccine? Maybe. Could it be the lockdowns? there's a good chance that they are absolutely contributing to it Mm because we're adapting into like this more sedentary lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And when we're, we're in that, that panic mode, we're going to self-medicate however way that might be Mm -hmm. playing on video games way too long Mm -hmm. or eating really crappy food, drinking more alcohol, drugs, even all those things can contribute to a poor health outcome. Yeah. And like increase that risk of blood clots just from sitting around. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, on that note, um, one of the things I've been following that I, I think is just horrific is, is the incredible increase of overdose deaths in the last year. <sighs> right. And, yeah. and I can't believe those things are disconnected that, that, Oh gosh, know. they have to be, they're so intertwined. And ugh, not only have we created an environment that is just absolutely abysmal for our mental health and well being. We've separated ourselves, isolated ourselves from mm-hmm. our friends and our families, sometimes because of that fear, like, well, we don't want to get COVID or we don't want to get somebody else infected with COVID. So we're going to just not go out. <laughs> we're just going to not interact with other people. We're not going to have that support network that we've always had. Yeah. And on top of that, you also have, uh, oh, where did, I, where did my, that thought go? <laughs> the mental health, like that fear and not feeling like you can be perfect enough Mm. you have to be perfect in today's world Mm. you have to be doing everything you can to prevent COVID you have to be just being polite to everyone while also hating them just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) you have to be like if you're not perfect it gets called out like social media so so there's yeah that 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 that's I know what you're saying but the I have this belief too, like again, kind of philosophical, but I have this belief that ultimately people know when they're lying to themselves, they can't really completely fake it to themselves completely. And so a lot of the measures aren't really working very well or working at all. And there has to be like somewhere in the back of their mind, this simmering brewing knowledge that what they're doing is just theater and just, and and actually not helping. Um, And then of course, you know, whenever you you develop uh, that kind of relationship to reality in some way, a pathology emerges out of it because the energy is being blocked. The, the dynamic is being blocked. You're going to start do, and then we get into what I think is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my lifetime, which is this d- 
desire to blame the unvaccinated or the unclean and to cut them out of life in, in, in any way is so yeah. dangerous and crazy. And they feel okay with it. They feel yeah. like superior about it. Like this is, this is great. Yeah. You know, we're, we're fucking them over. Sorry. If I, I don't know if I can swear, no, but uh, please, please, this is open-ended. You can say anything you want. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I've turned into quite the sailor during this <laughs> pandemic. Gotta say. <laughs> well, this is one of the things I love about podcasts is, is it's not, it's not for TV, right? You can, you can truly openly talk. And, and one of the things that I, and about having you on and I had um, uh, Fallon, who I believe is your friend on, I guess, or you yeah. know her, um, is this is conversations you would never hear any other way. No. Yeah. Yet yeah. It's conversations that are happening all the time. Right. They're, they're, they're all over. So let's let's make them more, let more people be aware that, hey, there's other people having other thoughts and yeah. they're, you know, worthwhile thinking about <laughs> It's, yeah. it's good timing too. Cause like we're all fired now. So yeah. we don't care. Well, <laughs> we can yeah. be honest now. Well, yeah, no, it, that's what Fallon said too. Like, it's yeah. like, okay, well, that's well, <laughs> make the best of it. I mean, yeah. um, yeah. So, so let's go back to the, the last two years though, um, in, in terms of the play out and the experience of it, because, um, for me, um, when it first popped up, I definitely gravitated towards being very cautious because I didn't know anything. And, yeah there is a potential in the world for horrific pandemics to occur. So, okay, let's check it all out. But then- Ebola um, was quite the disappointment. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> that's, I don't know a whole lot about that to be honest. So but maybe that'd be interesting. Uh, no, but I, my thought was, so that was 2020. By, by the fall of 2020, I, I realized that it doesn't seem like this disease is, is bad enough to warrant the extreme response. And so started to, the wheel started to turn. Yeah. And then um, I still, at that point, believed what they were saying about the vaccines being a cure and they're going to fix this and we're going to come back to normal. And there was, I actually believed that they wanted to go back to normal at that time. Um, and then um, 2021 comes and um, you know, that it, it's all held back and held back. And I keep going, what, what the hell, what the hell? But then uh, May of 2021, 2021 um, Dr. Bonnie Henry was on is on film saying that we'll, we won't do vaccine passports. They're, they're too divisive. Oh, We're not yeah. going to do it. Wow. And then in August, it was announced, I believe that it happened. So it was May, June, July, August, just three months later. And I was it, like, it was like a punch to the guts. I just went, what? How? Yeah. What the, like, you know, did, what the fuck? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is this? <laughs> Um, and, and that's actually what's sort of the seed of the podcast was too, is to, to get that other side of the story out. But so anyways, that was for me, the real, that was the moment the penny really dropped. And I said, holy crap, we got to start to look at this. Different Something's thing. going Something's on kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So for, for, from your perspective, especially working in a hospital, I'd love to hear how you saw things play out. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. So Admittedly, I'm in a semi-rural area, so we didn't get a huge wave the first time around. So it didn't really like, I tried to keep that in perspective. Like I'm not really seeing like the, the deep pits of this pandemic because I am some, somewhat rural um, and my population is mostly geriatric, really older, older people here, lots of comorbidities um, in our hospital. It's so small. It's like a, under 200 beds. So we converted one of our units, the respiratory unit into our COVID unit. And anybody who wanted like CPR or critical care interventions, we actually shipped out to Nanaimo or Victoria. Hmm. So we didn't get the really sick, super sick people, but I also didn't really hear a lot of like people coming in incredibly ill. So I was like, oh, okay. So this seems a little, you know, odd. I thought I'd see a couple, like we have the perfect population for this to go haywire. Mm. <laughs> and it never really did. Never really did. And we had COVID in the community a couple of times and we were actually in the middle of a wave right now. Mm. Good luck hospital. Mm. Um, so like that kind of just made me kind of, think that this is just something that's just gonna you know play out pretty quickly like we're not gonna get hit too hard or anything like that um and then the vaccines came started rolling out and I thought it was really cool because I follow I followed the mRNA technology as it was kind of being developed because I was watching it for cancer studies because it's it's still in uh, clinical trials for different cancer types mm -hmm. for treatment of that um 
So I was kind of excited to see it come out. I didn't want to be the first one because like, well, <laughs> I like science and I like to see how things play out. <laughs> um, so, I, so I saw my coworkers get vaccinated and uh, one of my best friends had a systemic rash. So he like was like red from head to toe practically right after his vaccine. And I was like, oh, <laughs> mm. I don't know if I want to do that. Mm. And at this same time, I was also researching COVID itself and what the patho pathology behind that was and how it affected our body. And most of the research that I found was related to the spike proteins. Hmm. Of course, the vaccine is a subunit or it produces a subunit of that same spike protein, which if it does shed out of our cells, which it told us, they told us it wouldn't, that wouldn't happen, but that was a lie. If it sheds out of our cells and fuses with one of our cells, we get that uptick of inflammation, a huge mm -hmm. inflammatory response. This is, this is things that they're not admitting to, but it's like, that's what the microbiology is showing. So why not, I don't know, why mm -hmm. not say something, but at the, yeah, at that same time, knowing that we were like using a vaccine whose intention is to produce something that's like pathologically not good for us. It just, didn't make a lot of sense in my head. Hmm. I understood like what, how it would create immunity, of course, but like, it's just like, should we have used that piece of the virus to make this immunity? Cause it seems like it's affecting or it's like it's attacking ourselves essentially. Hmm. Um, in, in that same time, I had another coworker who had uh, incredibly painful skin rash that had them off work for quite a few months. Um, Another one ended up in the ER just from severe abdominal pain. My best friend who had that systemic rash, his best, best friend since childhood died within a couple of weeks of the vaccine from a heart attack. Hmm. He was in his thirties, no pre-existing issue. And I understand that that can happen sometimes, but it just seemed fishy. Mm -hmm. And then I saw people come into the hospital also having unusual things happen to them pretty close to when they had their vaccine, hmm. like a lot of shingles activations. You see a lot of um, yeah shingles, especially in the elderly and some weird coagulation issues, blood issues. So like here I am not seeing a lot of COVID cases, but seeing a lot of potentially um, some some reactions potentially linked to the vaccine, but nobody talked about it. Mm. And that's just kind of where that's kind of what seeded in me, like you know something's something's not quite right here. Like how come we're not talking about this? Like we're seeing this connection between like shingles and the vaccine. And if you're older and you get shingles you can get into this general decline because you're in so much pain. You're going to be in bed for a couple of days. And one day in bed is like two weeks of therapy to get mm. back to any muscle loss when you're in at, the, at that older age. Mm. So in that general decline often leads to death mm. just because of the age group. Right. Yeah. So it, the vaccine just didn't seem to be the best of, best product to help us out of this yeah and just the fact that we can't say anything about it mm -hmm. oh and then the bcnu even said like you guys aren't allowed to question public health hmm. orders at all and it's like well that's actually part of our nursing training is to ask questions mm -hmm. <laughs> especially if it pertains to public health of course um and and as as you i don't know if you said this exactly but you've been sort of saying this is that's not science. Science mm -hmm. is to ask questions, to look at results yeah. over time and to, and, and like to me, and I'm not a scientist, I, I, I teach martial arts for a living. It's kind of, kind of a science, I guess. Nice. <laughs> you know. um, um, but um, it's that you look for every hole in the theory you can and you fully, fully explore that hole because you, that's the only way to actually know anything. But okay, I wanna go back for a step though because you, you, you brought up a bunch of really interesting points. And one of them is I am interested in the, the correlate between the spike protein idea, because again, I'm not a scientist, so I'm just looking at this from an outsider's point of view. Oh, good. Yep. <laughs> there's this the spike protein thing, and it exists within the mRNA vaccines as well as as the virus, and it 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 ties into inflammation issues. 
But I also have heard and read and, and seen in studies that hypertension and obesity and other comorbidities that cause inflammation are massively contribute to a worse outcome with COVID. So in a way, this is all spiraling around this inflammation issue. And, yeah. you know, um, I, that's important, right? Like that's an important part of your health in a bigger sense too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Inflammation is uh, pretty much the cause of almost every non-communicable disease. Mm -hmm. So like um, heart attacks, especially because <laughs> mm -hmm. you yeah. have the, if you have inflammation in your arteries, they're not going to expand with the, with your heartbeats anymore. It's yeah. going to cause like scarring on the arteries or in the, the vessels. And that can cause an area for blood clots to kind of bump up against. Yeah. And it can blah, 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 long, too long didn't <laughs> read. <laughs> it, it, inflammation yeah. can cause blood clots. It can cause yeah. a lot of adverse outcomes. Yeah. And our lifestyles are like tailored <laughs> yeah. to inflammation right now. Well, yeah. So I actually, on a personal level, I need to research that more because I find it fascinating how the body produces inflammation and, um, the, the idea that it's kind of at, a, at, the, at the root of it, it's like it's in an attempt at a, a, a sort of a flushing of the system in a way. It's trying to heat up to get oil off the bad stuff in a way. Um, and but then it just over it overdoes it. Right. And, yeah. And yeah. You, and especially you could get to the extreme of like an autoimmune disease where there's an overreaction that just can't be contained and all this. Uh, but but <laughs> to get back to what like uh, practical to the, to the time we're talking about um, is so. Africa, uh, recent, there's articles about Africa basically not having COVID issues um, yeah. on large scale. It looks to me then that like maybe that's the reason or a big part of the reason is there's not as much obesity. There's not as much hypertension. The people that are a lot leaner, they're a lot yeah. fitter. Yeah. Well, if you look at like the United States, what the hell is going on <laughs> down there? <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> they are not doing good whatsoever down there. Uh, um, are you talking whole, anyway. as a whole okay <laughs> yeah. in terms of covid there's some countries that are doing crazy ass shit that is to me worse than the states are doing in terms of covid response oh. like australia right like oh my god austria too yeah. austria yeah all that stuff to me is that's further like the americans at least and their court system is pushing back against the mandates yeah yeah yeah, I so, was just more talking of like their yeah, their yeah. overall outcome. It's like, oh, ugh, yeah. What's going on there? Well, I heard that um, uh, around forty percent of adult Americans now are statistically obese. So that's a pretty that's pretty that crazy a large number. That's yeah. a large number, and that of course, as you know, is like that's not just like you're a little overweight. That's a serious amount of extra, and then oh, yeah. it always comes with more comorbidities, the amounts of diabetes, the amounts of all of these other things. Um, but, but so that goes back to actually something we were talking about is like that taking responsibility for your own health it, yeah. it isn't. And then we live in, and like you've been saying, we live in this cultural market driven world where, you know, like the, the, everything's crap. The food is such crap and it's so cheap and available and you can eat so much of it and, and, and all this stuff. And we, we just fallen away from having that relationship to our own health in that way. in so many levels, um, <laughs> uh, I know there's there, so much to talk about there, there is there is it's every every <laughs> elephant has like a hundred thousand elephants in yeah. it in a way right but um okay so that's 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 one major element is the natural immunity the lack of self-responsibility for your own health um another elephant in the room thing that um if you if you want to speak about it, i'd be curious is like do you think that some of the low hang what i would call the low-hanging fruit um in terms of covid would be what needs to be discussed more so it's like vitamin d or um mm -hmm. um uh, just actually one of the things I was thinking about, and I got this because I, I pay attention to all these different places in the world is um, uh, like a blister pack that has vitamin D, maybe a high dose vitamin C, um, just some basic sort of supplementary uh, elements that you give to a person when they come down with COVID instead of just sending them home and letting them, yeah. you know. Yeah. The um, outpatient response that we have to COVID is just not there. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, you come in, you I think I got COVID, you test positive for it, and they don't really do anything for it. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's a lot of things that we can do to help our immune system, yeah, boost up against viruses and vitamin D and zinc is also is mm. one of those like primary ways that we can prevent the virus from entering our, our cells and replicating. 
Mm. So it's like, why are we not <laughs> encouraging people to, yeah, take. So did you, home? did you ever get a, a memo coming down from above that spoke to why there was no outpatient treatment at all? Not really. No. That, that seems so strange to me because yeah. it, it's like, one of the things that came up with when I talked to Fallon is um, a difference between the, uh, the, the person nursing and the person sort of managing the administrative element in terms of their perspective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not together at all. Right. And, and that seems to be why maybe that could be played out is the administrator goes, I don't want to think about anything other than, you know, my, my bottom line and my PR issues and all this kind of thing. Whereas, you know, if you're, if you want to help somebody, even giving them a cup of tea that gives them, that helps them calm down would be helpful, right? Like something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, that one bothers me, but, but that ties into a big thread, which is what the hell is going on in terms of this? Because at this point, it's it's undeniable that there that, that there's some a bias and agenda towards some to this one narrative, and 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 mm -hmm. you get into the conspiracy world, dangerous elements of that is like, well, I don't want to, I want to say it's going to this point or that point, but what the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, I, it just doesn't seem that it's very patient centered which is like what healthcare should be patient centered. Mm -hmm. There's not, yeah, not a lot of prevention going on outside of like lockdowns and wearing a mask. And th is that helping us? I don't know. <laughs> well, it doesn't show itself to be terribly helpful, right? No, and, and it's shown to be a little bit on the bad side there. Yeah. We prevented our kids from getting the simple cold mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for a while there, or even the flu, yeah. because they were wearing masks. So their immune systems, like there's a chance they got a little bit lazy over the last mm. year or two. Yeah. But that's, again, that's like a, an awareness of the natural dynamic of the immune system, which seems mm -hmm. to be nowhere a part of this. And, but, okay. So if you go back in, in terms of like it, it, COVID occurs, everybody, including myself was kind of freaked out initially because mm -hmm. we didn't know. And then the data starts coming in and saying that, oh, you don't need to be super concerned. Um, some, some, some focus, some care towards people that are particularly vulnerable would be a good idea. Um, and all this kind of like more nuanced understanding could have come up. But instead, there's this doubling down on oh, these yeah. interventions. And, and for a long time, I, I would, I, I allowed the majority of people that fell into that to be sort of, to me, be coming from a fear response still, that it, it took them, it's taking them longer to snap out of that. And I think that's true. But the other element that I think is coming out there and is I think that Donald Trump broke a lot of people's brains. And so like, I don't like him. I was never a fan of his. I'm not supporting him in any way, but I also wasn't in, convinced that he was the greatest threat to the world that had ever occurred. And right. So that middle ground, um, you get lost in that middle ground, but the, the extreme response. So anything he said was bad, right? So, if, mm -hmm. right. And so he comes out and he says that um, he got hydroxychloroquine when he got COVID. And so hydroxychloroquine is bad. You can't possibly. Yeah. Done. And, yeah. And, 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 and that kind of thing. I went, holy shit. This is actually not a fear response. This is tribalistic political uh, ideological games that you're playing. It's so political. Yeah, with so incredibly political with people's freaking lives. Right? Yeah, because I mean, on one level, COVID's real, and that there's certain people that are very vulnerable to it and should be taken care of, and we should do that. But then another level, there's people like yourself whose livelihoods are tied up with jobs that are now being yeah. taken away from them because of a political game. Like it, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I'm just it's. Oh, I just I, mean, I can't believe how far-reaching that mandate was. Like people working from home were caught caught in the mandate. Yeah. Like, how does that make any sense? Oh, well, yeah. Sense is not a part of this. It doesn't no. seem. And um, they made it sure that we don't get like EI or we don't get our uh, mm -hmm. what's it called when you get terminated severance pay. We didn't get anything. They made sure of it. They rewrote rules so that we would be totally fudged. Yeah. So that we didn't comply. See, that speaks to like actual resentment like an mm. actual like angry hatred kind of vibe. And what the fuck is that? <laughs> severe, severe coercion, layers and layers of it even. Yeah. So, so I have to wonder what the motivation is because yeah. that isn't, 
that obviously not connected to public health in a real sense, but, no. but you want to be mean to the people. Yeah. Like, right. Exactly. Why? Why? Um, especially people like yourself, who's literally been helping this whole time and doing what you can in your, in your hospital, like you said, to help, like you're taking those people's livelihoods away and you're doing it in a way that's like transparently cruel. Like, yeah. And people support it. And people, well, there's a lot <laughs> some, of people. Some. <laughs> well, I, I like, I, I have this hope. I got my fingers crossed that more and more people are starting to shake their heads and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? What? Um, and I think a big part of that now is, um, um, uh, I think it was today that uh, that they were talking about how the boosters are just going to be ongoing, that you're not going to like, you know, it's not like one more and you're okay. It's going to be just a process. <laughs> a subscription uh, service to your yeah. own system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I have to believe that that's too far for people, a lot more people, at least I have, I, it's hard for me to yeah. fathom that if it isn't. Yeah. I feel like people are definitely starting to wake up a little bit more and more. Um, but the ones that are, it's going to be really hard to convince people that they have been uh, lied to. Yes. What is what is that saying? It's hard, harder to convince people than it is to convince them that they've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang um, it. It's easier to fool somebody than it is to convince them they've been fooled. That's the one. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. And that's well, yeah. very true right now. Well, yeah, because that ties into your ego, right? And, mm. and okay, so this is a perspective that ties into the whole thing that I've developed um, largely through working in a martial arts industry for a long time. So I've been training for a long time and I've been teaching for about 10 years. And, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of people come through the dojo. And one of the big things that you learn in martial arts is confidence, actual confidence. But there's this, there's this misunderstanding where you where a person who doesn't have a lot of confidence will, will assume confidence means being like boisterous and over the top and kind of push your way around. And, and what that really is is generally a bully. That's not a confident person. <laughs> That's just a kind of a overwhelmingly intense person maybe, but real confidence um, changes your perspective and you step back and you're able to assess things more from a neutral standpoint and, and, and all of these things. Um, and so you see in the world, I see in the world, a lot of people that they don't develop a sense of confidence, really, because it, 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 it's not emphasized in school. It's not emphasized in, in a lot of people's concepts of themselves. They just go to work or they just do the things they do. They don't think about how they can improve their sense of self in that way. But so when a person does that, they become very fragile and very um, responsive to anything that might poke at their sense of identity and, and ego. And right now, if you're on this political team that's all supportive of all this craziness, then that ties to your identity. And then if somebody pokes at that, it, you, they respond as if you're poking at them as an individual rather than as mm, the. Yeah, right? yeah, it's very personal for them. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't seem logical, of course, but we're not dealing with logic necessarily. Nope, uh, yeah. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> so, so how how did how do you like? Do you feel like you know how you managed to evade that? That, that behavioral sort of dynamic? Um, I'm stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm very stubborn, a very stubborn person. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think um, most of it is, uh, well, I think like I would have gotten the vaccine, I think at some point if I didn't have my mom <laughs> who is staunchly anti-vaccine. She mm. hasn't always been, but she came down with a chronic illness quite a few years ago and Western medicine just kind of mm. dicked her around essentially for a long time, not wanting to treat it or treating it incorrectly and making it worse. And mm. so she, with her help, she kind of planted a seed of just like, you know, questioning things, have a little bit of doubt on things. And then, yeah. So that paired with just the fact that I had been following COVID and the spike protein and the pathophysiology behind that, I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to not succumb to the pressure. Yeah. Well, you, um, I mean, as you know, like there's, there's lots of reasons you can come up with logically to, to question this stuff and to hold mm -hmm. back. But uh, what I wonder about in, is, is people like how they, they just naturally have the internal strength to just to have that, to be able to say no, to say that, no, this is a line and I'm going to hold that line. Because a lot of people don't. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm usually, I usually cave to pressure, honestly. 
but I don't know, for some reason, this one just really so, stuck out. And I think that was a stubborn part of me. But, going but, like, oh, you're going to threaten me with this now? Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. That shows a bit of a, what we call a fighting spirit in martial arts. But um, underneath that sense of stubbornness, I would assume there's a, an intuition. This is the right choice to make. I and feel so, like that is, yeah. Yeah. Definitely true. So, so that's interesting to me, though, because I think maybe there's people that cave to it. They don't develop that sense of intuition. And I don't know how to, like, how do some people have intuition naturally? So you can develop it somewhat, but a lot of people just, they just have their relationship to their intuition is just how they were born, right? It, it's part yeah. of that. Yeah. So do you feel like you've always had a strong sense of intuition? Oh, like yeah. All your life? Yeah. Yeah. I've had some weird things happen just based because of my intuition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want to share a story? <laughs> <laughs> Might make me sound like more of a weirdo, but yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> hey, this, this is what this podcast is for. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is like really relevant, but okay, here's, here's my tinfoil hat. It's going on. <laughs> so like we're electromagnetic beings, right? Okay. We share energy with the world. And it's scientifically, that's true. Okay. I'm not that weird. <laughs> but I knew exactly when like my first dog died. Mm. I was at school. I just immediately started crying. I knew it. They mm. were dead. Mm. So things like that or like waking up when you knew, know that a loved one has passed, things like mm. that. You just kind of have that intuition of knowing things. Mm. I can't really think of anything else on no, the top of my head, but like, I know there's like things on like day to day where you just like, I don't think I should do that right now. Yeah. And then something yeah. happens where it's like, Oh, <laughs> good, yeah. good thing. I listened. Yeah. But yeah. some intuition is definitely like a subconscious thing where it's like, you have that knowledge there, but it's not at the forefront. You're not actively thinking of it, mm -hmm. but the intuition's there. Mm -hmm. and like just, yeah. But, yeah. So the, I'll share, I'll share a story too. And then um, um, sort of talk about what, how that relates actually a lot to what's going on. But um, so this is a story um, me and my brother and my dad were out hunting uh, up in the North uh, when I, when I was a kid, I think I was like 15 or 16 and my brother would have been like 13, 14. And so um, it, it was not a successful trip. We weren't finding any animals and just started walking around in the bush. So it was nice and, you know, for that. And um, anyway, one day near the end of the trip, I think it was the second to last day or the last day. We were exploring a valley and the valley was really dense uh, with uh, undergrowth. So it was hard to see very far, right? It was, and, and there was this claustrophobic feel, feeling in the valley. And I remember walking into it with my dad and just getting this sense of weightedness, something about it didn't feel right, didn't feel right. And we walked for a couple, uh, I don't know how far, maybe a kilometer and a half, not too long, not that far. And I said to my dad, uh, dad, I, I think we should go. I don't like being here. And, and there was no logical reason, right? It just right, yeah. didn't seem right. And, and he kind of picked up on it too. And he was like, yeah, you know, let's go. Let's go. This is, this is no good. So we left. And it was, it was the last day we had to go hunting because the next day we left. So we left the next day and we're driving out of camp and we came across uh, um, some guys that were doing some work on the on a train track that was near the, the road. And they had a, uh, a little, uh, you, you know, you pull up and they have the flag guy, and, you know, you go through the road that way. Right. So we pulled up to the flag guy and there was going to be a couple of minutes to wait while they did some work and, and started chatting with him and um, noticed that he had a double barrel shotgun sitting on the back of his pickup truck. And we were like, so what's going on? What's that all about? And he's like, see that Valley up there. And it was the Valley we were just in. <laughs> there was a, uh, a, 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 a mother grizzly uh, and, and her cubs were crossing the road and one of the cubs got ran over and the mother lost her mind and started attacking the truck. And then she seems to be living up in that valley and she seems to be coming out. Whoops. <laughs> so we were like, holy oh. shit. <laughs> so Good intuition. Yeah. yeah. So, so again, like, yeah, like you said, right. Like you can't explain it in like a perfect scientifically mm. diffused yeah, way, yeah. but that actually happened. My dad can attest to it. My brother can attest to it. Um, I'm very grateful we didn't go further into that valley, um, you know, for whatever, whatever's triggered that response, right? It yeah. meant something. Now, this is, again, ties to this concept of trusting your own immune system, trusting your own self, yeah. because you have this guide there, right? Um, so, so, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's one of the major components that, if we were going to look at like getting the world to a better place in the long run, that needs to be more drawn out is 
encouraging people to to trust themselves a little more and in that sense um yeah yeah, yeah that's a whole it's, other thing it's yeah. just i feel like yeah a lot of the people who are in i found so many people so many amazing groups on like telegram twitter <laughs> even facebook and um signal i think was the other one yeah yeah <laughs> um, but they're just so supportive and amazing. And a lot of them are like, oh, I just wish we could just run away into the forest. <laughs> like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. Um, and okay, so so here's a here's a thread that we could pick up on, on this with is you you wanted to preface your little uh, uh stories about um uh, hi. <laughs> um you gonna say hi to the camera? <laughs> That's okay. If you're okay with it, you know, say hi, it's fine. <laughs> Um, um, when you, when you talked about your, uh, intuition stories about the, the losing the family dog and that kind of thing, you give mm -hmm. it, you said, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat and I'm going to preface this <laughs> and you know, all this. Um, I, I think that that's one of the problems too, is you can be scientific and rigorous and serious about as concrete a reality as you can aim at, but you can also explore and, and, and be open to possibilities that you can't yeah. contain within that framework. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I hate the, the science community when they're like, well, show me a source for that. <laughs> I can't source my personal experience, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we don't need to concretely prove everything that happens. Yeah. Did you just put on lipstick? Um, well, I, 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 we can, we can sort of wind this up too, if you need to, I don't know if you're, if that's. She might exit in a little while. Okay. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep talking if you want though too. Really? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, so that, that's interesting. Okay. So I, um, I also been having a conversation. You can for here. Hmm? You're going to conversation. Oh. I'm going to ask your mommy a question. And then yeah. if you want to help her with the answer, you can do that. Yeah, okay. let's see what he's going to say. Okay. Just unplug the headphones. So um, what was my question? Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's, it's a thought. It's a thought. So if you want to pick up on it in a bit, because um, there's definitely elements of life, right, that can't be contained within the rigors of like scientific measurements, right? There's mm -hmm. this other component and it has its place. And it's not that that means you shouldn't be serious scientifically because obviously you should be. The other play, way that this, there's a correlate to this to me too, is morality can't be put into a scientific framework in that sense. What is morality? How does it exist? Why do we need to have it in society? Well, it's actually very, you know, uh, it's, it's abstract, right? It's, it's disconnected mm -hmm. from material. So, Absolutely. so yeah, um, it's kind of similar. Like, do you want to live in a world where everything's measured materialistically and then you never get a chance to, to, to question the, the, the dictates of the, of the people yeah. in charge? Or do you want to live in a world where you have a, a working dialogue towards a greater sense of morality that we can all kind of work with? Yeah, I think morality is such a funny thing, especially right now when we're like, there's that, the trolley, the logic issue with the trolley, you know? We're like, do you flip the switch to save one person? Oh yeah. Or like multiple people. And I feel like that's like what we're doing with the vaccines. It's <laughs> like, do you want to be in charge of that? Yeah. But morality is so hard, so hard to define. And it changes with every every friend group, practically. Mm -hmm. Every country it changes. Yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely cultural and it's definitely personal to a certain degree. But I feel like we've lost uh, a sense of a, a larger scale. Uh, concept of morality in in society in general yeah oh definitely because uh, like, we're what is it the banality of evil <laughs> yeah 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 we're like people oh we're just following orders or they understand oh, oh, things oh, a certain way yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so 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 elora laura elora elora go back downstairs sweetie I was watching a show and I was watching Mickey Mouse. Ooh, Mickey Mouse sounds fun. Yeah. Morality. Morality. Let's pick up on that because that's, mm. that's again at the heart of all of this stuff in so many ways. Um, and for me, a lot of my understanding of morality really has come through my training because I do very traditional training and it's very important that you're, you learn to develop your morality with your skills. 
because if you don't, especially in the old days before uh, modern weapons, you could be a very serious problem for a community if you knew this stuff and weren't a caring person about it, right? right. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that all sort of builds up for me. But like, do, do, how, how did, did you naturally develop a sense of morality? Did you grow up in a religious context or anything like that? I had um, agnostic parents. I don't know. I think my mom did an excellent job of just making good people. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn, but huh. I like I had no idea what racism was because I was just like, hey, people, people are people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Little 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 things like that were like just always helping other people. But that also became a big fault of mine. <laughs> hmm. Helping people out a little bit too much. Oh yeah. Yeah. At the at the expense of myself. Yeah. But morality, yeah, I feel like it's so hard to describe what morality actually is. And a lot of like nursing education focuses on morality and ethics and things like that. So to watch this all unfold, it really goes against everything we got taught. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like that's like like a lot of people have um, like an in- intellectualized understanding of their moral and their morality and their ethics, but they still behave instinctually, um, mm-hmm. yeah. right? They they don't they don't haven't taken that and said actually what does that principle mean in a moment of stress, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a, to me that's a failure of ultimately like of education and of society is is we don't because nobody is going to develop a sense of morality spontaneously. It's going to have to be cultivated, um, right? Because children are pure instinct. That's you know. What, they, what, what makes them so wonderful in some ways, but you know, you can't have an adult that's just gonna run off the rails with their emotions every time they, anything happens. So, yeah. so um, I, yeah, there's a lot of threads there, but one of my first podcast talks was a guy named Mark Hecht, and he was running as a People's Party of Canada candidate in um, the Couch and Valley area where I grew up. And um, he talked about how, and I, I've heard about this before, there's no initiation ritual into adulthood in our, <laughs> in our society. Um, and then I, you know, I talked about how I kind of think I did that to myself because well, not consciously, but I just put myself in these ridiculous situations when I was younger that were very dangerous ultimately, and kind of woke me up to, to my mortality. But, um, yeah, do you, do you think that that, that's a component of it? Did you, did you find yourself naturally gravitating towards a kind of a, a recognition of adulthood through your own experiences? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I had my first kid when I was 21 and I was still such a child at that, that point. That's going to that's going to definitely bring you such to maturity. A child. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I was a, like hindsight I was a pretty awful parent. Like mm. I took care of my kid but I was like so selfish still. Mm. I was still in that like young mindset and it wasn't until my second kid was born that I kind of woke up and went, "Oh, I can mm. be better than this." Mm. So kids then, they, they initiate you. <laughs> they snap you right into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you're ready. that's cool. That's cool. Because I think that's a very natural process. That's not really as recognized for being as important as it is. Um, that relationship, of course, too. Like um, I do teach little kids. I don't teach like super little kids because when you get too young, it's impossible to really teach them karate. It's, it's just no, they, don't, they don't care yeah. yet. They're yeah, like, oh, yeah. I want to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, the socializing that is developed in those first few years is formative for the rest of their lives Mm, and so the environment that their parents set up for them is so important um yeah yeah, and and so whatever that means is because um that develop that gets you to kind of snap out of your as you said your it's like a sense of selfishness that that children have because it's naturally they need to have it in a way it's part of the development but then you get into adult and you got to go holy shit i need to deal with a community and i need to I need to recognize that everybody in the community has equal right to be here. I don't get to discharge anyone. Yeah, uh, yeah. And 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 really like the crux of like what a lot of the social issues is right now is that caring for the community and like how could you not get a vaccine vaccine to help the community? Right. It's like, but, well, how can you not care about the people who are getting affected by the vaccine? Yeah. <laughs> well, you get blinders on, and then only the, the mm-hmm. only what's you know in front of you exists, and, and everything else is gone. Um, yeah. So it, it it really is interesting how all of these things kind of swirl together and are creating a moment where a lot of choices really do need to be made um, in terms of what direction society is going to go, because. 
I think this winter is a very decisive, it's going to be a very decisive winter. I mean, oh, yeah. right. There, I can see this game being played with the Omicron variant as they're calling it where, yeah, you know, <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- please, we'll jump into it. But, um, I, what I mean is I can see a fork in the road about it because you, you might, yeah. if you buy into the fear mongering about it, then you're going to go line up for your fourth and fifth or sixth shots because it's never going to end. Or it might be the one that gets people to go, what, what, what are we doing? So yeah, yeah. it's going to wake some people up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you want to jump in about that? The oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> loving the public response to this Omicron variant, which is like incredibly mild. <laughs> yeah. yeah incredible incredibly like rapidly spread though mm. um like even yesterday bonnie henry henry was on uh, her live covid update and she was just saying like i mean even though omicron doesn't really have any hospitalizations nor deaths yet get your booster shot <laughs> <laughs> like why yeah, yeah. <laughs> why yeah i think i i like i welcome this omicron variant because it just means that we're one more mutation in the Mm -hmm. virus closer to being something that's more sustainable Mm -hmm. as the seasonal virus that coronavirus is going to become Mm -hmm. like it will be with us it will be seasonal 100 percent yeah it will be endemic as they say right yes yeah yeah um do you that's another thing that i'm curious about from from you know from the outside of of the medical science world to try to look in is um seasonality right? Um, Mm. This is a major factor in in disease transmission in general, um, in terms of respiratory issues, right? So you said that COVID will become a seasonal thing. Is it not a seasonal thing already? Or it kind of feels like it because we tend to spike in the winter. But I think that's just, yeah, we're not, it's not classified as seasonal because we're still in a pandemic. Mm. So So that's a bit of a definition game. It, It is more of a definition game than anything. Yeah. But, but we're, yeah, we're going to see the spikes in the same same seasons. Just yeah. Like when the flu started coming out. Wow, it came back this year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but oh, the yeah. flu came back and now we're getting a COVID wave right now. Mm. So it's like, it's just on par with the weather changes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something I've been paying attention to for many years too, because uh, I grew up, I had uh, pretty chronic asthma as a kid. And um, every fall and winter was pretty rough. So I just naturally noticed that. Um, yeah. But but if that's the case, then um, there's, this, there's this contention that we could repeat this goddamn pattern every year, right? Because it, it'll come up every year then, right? And Well, it'll be, it'll be better because everyone, well, not everyone, but I don't want to generalize, but my, my science brain is saying, okay, you know how we have the colds, right? colds are pretty mild Mm. sometimes kids get like fevers with them sometimes they get really sick with it but generally very mild and as this variant or sorry as covid mutates it's going to become more and more mild it's just going to be more infectious Mm. so it's going to be something that's really tolerable and since it we have more immunity to it once we have it unlike the the rhinoviruses the coronaviruses, we're going to have some more lasting immunity. Hmm. So every time we get it, it's going to be a lesser and lesser kind of disease process, theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> theoretically. Of course. So like as we mutate into a lesser, less dangerous variant, we're going to have like more people getting immunity the mm-hmm. old fashioned way. Yeah. Well, so um, Jordan Peterson was interviewing um I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a politician in Australia and a former politician of Australia. And he, they proposed this idea. I can't remember which of them proposed the idea, but he said, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, as of, let's say December 15th, that's just a random date, but we pick a date and we say, after that date, if you want the vaccine, you've had the opportunity to get it. Um, we're going to open up and get back to normal. You take the chances you want to take and then life goes on and we'll, yes, you know, We'll uh, support the healthcare system as best we can, and we'll uh, uh, just go from there. So uh, that would be one where you, the perspective in which that you would do that, be one where you accept that these waves are going to come, and we just work forward from there without getting freaked out about it. Does that, and that sounds reasonable to you. Could you repeat that last part? Sorry. <laughs> um, the idea that that 
you say to people, here's the date from which we're going to open up and go back to normal, a random date. You've had the opportunity to get your vaccines if you want them. After this, we open up, we'll support the healthcare system best we can for whatever might come up, but we just go back to normal at that point. Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is because that, that means you're accepting that there's going to be waves that come in with this, that you can't stop them from occurring. That, that makes sense. Uh, Alora, 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 can I, can I have five more minutes to talk to your mom and then I'll be done. Okay. Oh, thank you. Is there, uh, is there anything else you want to, you want to throw in Jocelyn? Anything else that we didn't talk about? I have so much to say, but I think, I think we'll, uh, keep it shortish and sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I know I, you definitely go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you got stuff to do, but, um, I'd be happy to have you back on. We could do another yeah. chat and, um, you know, there's, as you said, there's so many threads here to pull on and yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely, definitely needs to be said. So, um, Absolutely. well, thank you very much for having me on. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, yeah, uh, we'll just have to wish you the best for the holidays and hope to see you again. Happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, take care. It was nice to virtually meet you. Yeah. You as well. You as well. Um, Thank you.